Chapter Twenty Six of the Boy Scouts Through the Big Timber. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kenneth Sargent Gagan. Boy Scouts Through the Big Timber by Herbert Carter. Chapter Twenty Six. Tenderfoot. Well, hardly after this. Wow! Bully for Bumpus! Cried out Giraffe. Hold them tight, old chum. We're here to see you through, all right, shouted Stephen. Of course, there was no use of trying to hide any longer. Thad and Allan knew this, and that the time had come for them to back Bumpus up the minute they saw him open hostilities in that astounding way. All of them were on their feet now, and hurrying toward the fire, Hank and Pierre, being desperate men, might have even thought it worth while to put up some sort of resistance. But they had their talons drawn when, investigating the condition of their guns, they found that, sure enough, these were empty. While the two men lay there at their ease, never dreaming that the fat scout would have the nerve to do anything but whimper and shiver at the sound of their harsh orders, Bumpus, laying out this wonderful, clever little surprise, had amused himself by working the mechanism of their guns and extracting the last cartridge, and it was a heavy rumble of Hank's deep bass voice that helped operations along by deadening the click of the cautiously moving mechanical device belonging to the repeating rifles. Drop those guns, you two, and be quick about it, Thad gave this order, because he knew that each of the men would be apt to have a belt of extra cartridges buckled about their waist or slung over their shoulder, and to an experienced hunter it is only a question of seconds, really, when he can shove a cartridge into the firing chamber of his empty gun. Of course, Hank and Pierre hated most dreadfully to obey this order. But there was no use talking. The scouts had the upper hand, and if they knew what was good for them, they must do as they were told. In the first place, there was Bumpus, excitedly covering the first one, and then the other. And how were they to make sure but that he might even by accident have a cramp in his finger while looking along the double-barreled Marlin? Then, as if there were not enough, four other guns were bearing upon them as the new arrivals advanced in a line. It's too big odds, Yonkers, and we gives in. But Hank used a good many more words than that to express his disgust. Only the rest were not necessary. He threw his gun down angrily on the ground. Pierre was just as energetic, and both men fairly glared at their boyish captors. Stephen, lay down your gun and secure those two enemies, ordered Thad. With a wide grin decorating his freckled face, Stephen proceeded to carry out the injunction of the patrol leader, and we could easily see that the boy took the keenest delight in thus having a hand in the disarming of the enemy. Now, continued Third, search Hanks for a knife, and take it away. Get his cartridge belt, too, and when you've done that, give Pierre a whirl. We'll just stand around and may be ready to plunk them chock full of light if they try to resist us. But the men were utterly disheartened. They seemed to realize that they were up against a tough proposition. Everything was going wrong, and the philosophy of your Tim Cruiser under such conditions is to appear indifferent and reckless. Perhaps they try to act very much of the same principle as an Indian would upon being put to the torture. After fully disarming the men, Thad saw to it that both of them were tied up. Hank growled fearfully, but the half-breed seemed to have taken the whole affair somewhat in the light of a good joke. It seemed all the more strange because nearly all the half-breeds that had been told were surly by nature. 
When this duty had been well performed, Thad joined the others about the fire. Bumpers had had his hand shaken again and again until his old arm began to feel the result. Bulliest fellow in the whole bunch, barring none, Stephen had declared. He's on his way to being made a first-class scout. That's right, Giraffe solemnly remarked. All his petty jealousy gone. Now that he again had hold of Bumpus' fat hand and found himself looking into the laughing eyes. All along he acquitted himself splendidly, said Thad warmly. And none of us ever dreamed you had it in you, Bumpus, Allen chimed in. It was indeed a proud hour for Bumpus. Forgotten were all his trials and anxieties. He would easily have been willing to undertake the whole program again, could he be sure of such a joyous outcome. Yes, even to being hectored, browbeaten, insulted, and kicked about like a dog by Hank and Pierre. On they sat there, talking of many things that must, of course, be exceedingly interesting when looked back upon his past performances. Bumpus was asked strings of questions, till finally he threw up his hands to announce that the well was pumped dry. Then they sat about making ready to pass the remainder of the night there. When another day came, they could decide what to do with Hank and his companion, who were hardly the kind of men to set free, with arms on their person and hatred in their hearts. Of course, Thad and Alan made up their minds that they must, between them, stand guard until morning came. They dared not take any chances when dealing with such desperate men as were the two trapped timber cruisers. And when they saw that a uh, vedette, armed with a ready gun was to keep the fire going all the while as well as watch them doubtless the men decided not to try and escape but take things as easy as possible there was no trouble morning came and found them up and doing for thad was most anxious to return to the camp near the foot of the rapids after so many days he felt sure the three boys left at the camp would be dreadfully worried ah yes there were a number of tremendous surprises in store for dave and bob and smitty when the full story of Bumpus' achievement was told by the glowing campfire, and mostly at that by those who had followed his trail through the big timber, reading the signs as they appeared, and observing the remarkable progress the fat member of the Silver Fox Patrol made once he started thinking for himself. They had enough venison left for one good meal all around, including the two timber cruisers. Thad was worried about these men. He did not know what to do with them, to tell the truth. If he sent them away with weapons and ammunition, there's always a chance that sometime later the fellows might again run across them and give them trouble. On the other hand, it seemed rather cruel to turn them loose in the wilderness, so far away from civilization, and without arms by means of which they might obtain food or defend themselves in case of trouble. Upon putting it up to Hank and Pierre themselves, the men quite downcast now declared that they were done cruising in that section meant to get out of it as just as fast as our legs could carry them. Let us off this time, Yonker, Hank pleaded. We got our lesson rubbed in good and hard, I reckons. Even we'll have the fatty here kick me as many times as I did him. Though I do say how he paid it all up when he played that fine trick on us. Not surprising, therefore, that the gratified Bumpus, in the goodness of his heart, asked Thad to forgive the two men. Tell you what we do, Thad decided. Leave their guns here and take them into camp with us. Then, if we decide to turn them loose, they'll have to come a half a day's journey back to get the guns. And so it was decided to arrange matters. End of chapter 26 Recording by Kenneth Sergeant Gagan